0: I hope y'all been doing good this week. I know things have been crazy. Um, This new year has been a mess already, honestly. But I just want us to know that just because it's rocky right now, that doesn't mean we're going to have a rocky end. Because let's be honest, 2020 and all of the things that came with that wasn't going to clock out (laughs) at 12 a.m. January 1st. It just wasn't going to happen. We were bound to have spillover. But if we learned anything from last year, it's the importance of being able to adapt and change to fit our new environment. Now, whew, with this episode, I want to talk about something that I think might be a little controversial, but I really hope that y'all can, you know, stay with me. So the idea for this episode came after the insurrection um, on our country's capital on Wednesday, January 6th i wish i could say that i was surprised by what happened i mean i will say it caught me a little off guard but i think it for me it just fit the theme of racism of white privilege of 2020 corona civil unrest it really just fit the narrative of what we've been experiencing for the past 12 months honestly for however old america is for the many years it just fits the theme And I want to start off by saying that I do not condone the behavior at the Capitol whatsoever. I really want to be clear with that. I don't condone the behavior. All parties involved need to be arrested and prosecuted as they like to say to the fullest extent of the law, including Donald Trump, including Josh, Josh Hawley, Mitch McConnell, Tom McClintock, all of, and all of the Republicans who willingly and publicly challenged the election results, knowing that it was it was just a bed of lies, basically. Ted Cruz, the whole Trump family, the list can really go on. Um, I also think that there needs to be a day of reckoning where we come to terms with the invasive impact racism has had on our country um, and on us as like a... a American people, quote unquote, in general, because ultimately that's what led to and allowed the group of domestic terrorists to storm our country's capital in the name of a political cult leader. Yes, I refer to Donald Trump as a cult leader because based off of the definition and what I know of it, that's what he is. Now, Webster says a cult leader can, is a, or a cult is a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. That sounds very, very, very familiar to me. Penn State released an article and it said, like, what are some things that you can recognize that you can see that you might be a part of a cult? One of them was being wary of any leader who claims him or herself to have special powers or special insight. Um, Sounds like Donald Trump. A very important aspect of the cult is the idea that if you leave, horrible things will happen to you. I think we... me. And Mike Pence can agree that that sounds like Donald Trump. Um, the group uses deceptive means typically to re- recruit new members. And then once recruit, they will be subject its um, members to an organized program or some form of brainwashing. I think there's a certain amount of indoctrination that happens when it comes to people um, becoming Trump supporters a little bit. Because that whole fake news thing, it kind of skews how they view information. And so because... Donald Trump put every other source other than his own as false you're only gonna go to him to get the info you know what I'm saying because it's like why would I read something lame street media we've all heard it before you know what I'm saying so yes a political cult leader and they didn't really give them people the same five they would have gave them if they were black I'm saying this to say that I understand all of these things however I think that this is relevant to mental health because we can all or we all have the capabilities to be extremists or cult members. And honestly, some people can be cult leaders. It just depends on where you fall on the spectrum anyway. Whether it be due to our religion, our political affiliation, our family, or other closely held beliefs, everyone has something that we believe about ourselves or about the groups that we identify with so strongly that we would rather reject or ignore facts just to keep them intact. Since we have a certain image or we view ourselves in a certain light, it can be easy to look at the the terrorists at the Capitol because I want to be intentional about my language so the tears we've seen storm the capital as an other a person so far gone delusional or evil that we can never be them so stupid they lose sight of reality and do something so extreme it's almost unimaginable but i would like to challenge that today We like to reduce the image of people in the crowd to white people who grew up in small towns or individuals who are poor or have little to no education. But the truth is some of the people in those crowds were policemen, doctors, housewives, businesswomen, lawyers, teachers, and so on. People that in a separate setting you would assume have the mental wherewithal and the knowledge to know better. You know what I'm saying? And it's easy to say that this phenomenon is a white person thing, but this isn't an issue mutually exclusive to race or politics. The issue at the Capitol or one of the issues, because it's like I said, this is a very layered thing has to do with the ability of the human mind to form tunnel vision that blocks out proven fact and reason in order to live in a reality that is false yet comfortable because comfort is key and it's really hard to challenge yourself and challenge your beliefs and most people would rather stay comfortable I mean let's just be honest hell if I'm being honest I would rather stay comfortable than to challenge myself like this is a podcast about honesty people like every every day you don't wake up ready for a challenge and if you do you need to rub some of that off on me however I brought that up to say This is not something as controllable as we would like to think it is, meaning this ability that our brain has to form tunnel vision has more to do with an automatic response, like cognitive dissonance, than it is something that we intentionally choose. Like, you know what? I'm just not going to read that. Like, I want to talk about cognitive dissonance today because for one, I'm sure you heard it a thousand times on Twitter. But I really want to bring some more color and understanding to what that really is and how it relates to the insurrection. Remember, y'all, the point of my podcast is to make mental health more real life and applicable and less abstract. We don't live in a bubble and no one is perfect. And in order for us to truly heal and move forward as a country, as everybody would like to say, we have to develop. Some form of shared understanding and accountability. Okay, I'm not saying that we should take responsibility for what the racism fueled actions that took place at the Capitol. I really don't think that. But what I'm saying is you can acknowledge how mental health or mental theories and things play into human behavior while still holding someone accountable. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I can acknowledge that before I really started doing the self work and even sometimes during it, I didn't always do things that were productive to having a good and a healthy relationship with my friends, family, and just people that I loved in general. And while my mental health status or, yeah, I guess you would say status, I don't know, status don't seem like the right word. Like, you know, while condition, you know, like while my mental health wasn't the best, And I did have a reason for it. That doesn't mean that I shouldn't take accountability for the things that I did either. Regardless of the reason. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. So I just want that to be said. Okay. And now I'm about to give y'all a disclaimer. While I put a lot of thought and research into the topics that I discuss, This is not meant to be a replacement for traditional therapy. This is only for educational purposes. All sources... will be included in the description and i encourage everyone to do their own research i want us all to start to, to develop our own information and not rely on someone to tell us what they think we should know you know what i'm saying like you could always listen to people and get references but never look at one source look at a stream of reliable sources okay so Wikipedia can be your starting point but let's see what the you know the New York Times has to say Um, let's see if we're looking up psychological topics let's look at psychology today let's look up some institutions that do research on mental health and psychology you know what I mean so yes we can talk but make sure you get your own information now if some if you are someone you know is battling with mental health issues, please seek a licensed mental health professional. okay, I'm not that girl. I know what I know from experience and what I'm learning in school, but I still have a year and a half until I'm finished, and I'm not certified in every state so if you If you're experiencing something right now, please talk to someone. It's okay. we love you, and we just want you to be better and also, if you are someone you know is having suicidal thoughts or are about to commit suicide, please call the number in the description and get them assistance immediately. And when it comes to suicide prevention, don't be afraid to ask questions. Okay. Now let's get back to it. So like I was saying, I don't want us to draw a pair or draw a circle around the people that stormed the Capitol um, thinking that we can never be them because based off of your values and your beliefs it can be easy for somebody to take advantage of that and create mental blocks you know what I'm saying or how can I say this while the events at the Capitol are extreme it wasn't even it's no way around it and it's a very dangerous precedent to set if we don't really deal out the proper consequences. I don't want us to think that anybody is above mental manipulation, period. I also don't want us to think that even though this is a very large scale issue, that cognitive dissonance, which I believe is a part of why we are at the point that we are in today, especially when it comes to getting Trump supporters to acknowledge proven facts and information, you know, that cognitive dissonance has a part to play in that. I don't want us to think that mental health only lives on extremes. Cognitive dissonance can come up in small and big things in life. And before I keep just saying it, let me explain to you what it is. So cognitive dissonance is basically when your beliefs are in conflict with your actions. Everybody has values, attitudes, thoughts, and things like that that make us who we are. It forms how you see yourself and your future. So when you do something opposite of that, or when something that you do comes into conflict, that causes tension or like tension and distress. I wouldn't say just mental because you can also experience like physical symptoms um, with cognitive dissonance. Um, So this tension is uncomfortable causing you to look for ways to solve it and solve it fast. Now, like I said, Mental health doesn't live on a spectrum of extremes. It can, cognitive dissonance can be caused by little things and big things in your life. So a popular one that they like to use is smoking. Despite you knowing damn well, smoking is not good for you and it can cause cancer. Most people still smoke anyway. They can think like, you know, they can find a reason to minimize the... I guess the effects of their or consequences of their reaction by saying girl I'm here for a short time not a long one or I'm here for a good time not a long one so let me you know let me just smoke me cigarettes and mind my business or maybe they think like well smoking cigarettes isn't that bad because I use this type so it's healthier or maybe some people acknowledge in the tension that their beliefs that smoking is bad and them actually smoking is so uncomfortable that they actually decide to quit. Another one would be if, let's say you have somebody at work, right? And you, I'm, I keep it real. I tell the truth. And you hate this person at work for whatever reason. And it comes up in a group setting and you have to say something about their work performance. Now, you know, your coworker is lazy as hell, but it's just not the time. So you convince yourself, you know, to just make a little fib like, oh, yeah, I love him. He's great. But when you're thinking about doing that, I'm sure that there's some tension there. You say you keep it real and you want to do this, but now you're made to lie in a group. That makes sense. And so because you're having that discomfort, you tell yourself like, look, that's just something that I had to do. Now when it comes to cognitive dissonance there is certain criteria so it has to be something that you have a choice in doing so while you might feel like you have to tell the tr- or you have to tell a little fib about your coworker in all actuality you could just tell the truth you know but there also has to be a concern about the consequences so with cognitive dissonance it's when your beliefs or your values attitudes are in direct conflict with your actions. When that conflict occurs, that causes you some type of tension or distress. And since this tension is uncomfortable, that causes you to look for ways to solve it and to solve it fast. Now, in general, people can do one of three things. The first thing you can do is to change your beliefs on a situation to fit the environment. So, say maybe you're being unfaithful, right, to your partner. If you want to change your beliefs on the situation to fit the environment, you start telling yourself that being unfaithful isn't that bad of a thing. I mean, I told them I needed more attention and they ignored it. So, I'm gonna just do what I need to do. I'm gonna do me. Or maybe you start thinking that monogamy is a fraud anyway. Like, that's just unrealistic for me to be with one person. I'm not saying anything against it. That's what you believe. I'm just saying that's how you can look at it, right? Because you think that you're an honest, caring, loving person and loving partner, and yet you're engaging in the affair. Those two things, from what you believe in your actions, that's a conflict. And because that conflict is there, that starts to create some mental tension and could make you also physically ill too. Because it's like, if I think I'm all of these things, my actions really don't say that. And it causes you to be like, oh, so what does that say about me? You know what I'm saying? And all of these thoughts start racing. And sometimes it's hard to acknowledge that you're the problem for most people, I think. Two. You can look for more information to disprove the bad thought or find outside reasons to justify your behavior. This can be dangerous, especially when you think of confirmation bias, basically looking for information to help with your thoughts and beliefs and not looking at the other side, even though there might be valuable information there. Um, And I think that this one is a big one, especially when it comes to Donald Trump and Trump supporters. So, um, this can be seen with people watching the video of George Floyd be murdered on camera, but become more comfortable with his murder because he was a criminal. You know what I'm saying? Separately, people can acknowledge that human life is important. They want everybody to have life and liberty, but they're okay with him being murdered because he's a criminal, or maybe he should have listened to the police because that's easier then facing the true nature of the racism, the systematic oppression, and just the complete malevolence of our criminal justice system. Okay. Or three, you can change the behavior or value that you have completely. So you can stop cheating. If we're going back to our previous example, or you can see this conflict, do more research and think like, no, the murder of George Floyd was not right. And no matter what he did before, his life should have be spared. So while in our everyday life, cognitive dissonance can show up in small ways if we aren't mindful these things can fester and call blind spots for our behavior which in return tarnishes our relationships personal growth and satisfaction all of which can cause for some pretty shitty mental health and seriously off-brand actions okay now i want to use this to tie it into the insurrection because i think that this is a perfect example of that The people who stormed the Capitol had a personal stake in Donald Trump, right? Not just a political one, but through his bravado and manipulation, he fed into their self-image, into their values, into their ideals. He also offered them salvation and a better tomorrow. So this kind of ties into the cult, you know, influence or aspect of it, because a lot of the People that voted for Donald Trump and a lot of people that actually showed up to the Capitol aren't able to identify, you know, with people who are on the other side, quote unquote, liberals, Democrats, whatever you want to call it. Donald Trump knew his crowd and he sold them. Or like, you know, he sold himself to them in in a way. So because of him sharing their same values and beliefs, they were able to identify with him, right? And because they can identify with him, they think of him as a sort of family. He then insulated them and helped them to form a new group identity, like I said, based on the values that they could Identify with. He played along and into the image they set out for themselves. And in return, they invested in him, money, energy, and for a lot of people, lost relationships and employment because of it. They see Donald Trump as a good person. That's their core belief. They support him. They have a belief that, let's say, they're a Christian, right? Now, my personal belief is Donald Trump is the complete antithesis of Christianity. But that's my personal belief. So because they think he's a good person, they can still support him and be Christian without that tension because he's just doing what he has to do or he's not perfect. You understand what I'm saying? And also, after you put so much time and invest in something, it's hard to admit that you're wrong. So after they put so much time and effort into this man, it makes it harder for them to come to terms with the fact that he's a fraud because not only does that call Donald Trump's character into question, but theirs as well. They have to come to terms with the fact that they have been taken for a fool, that they were wrong and everything everything they invested in was for nothing. It will force them to have to form a new self-identity and group dynamic. And it can be hard to become an outcast, especially when the people that disown you is your family. And I know that we like to say, well, just tell your family the truth or just do this. But we live in a big world and it's easy to feel alone. And a lot of times your family and your friends are the people who help you to feel like you have a place in this world. And so as much as I like to say fuck racism all day every day, I have to acknowledge that forming new beliefs that can pull you away from your family has to be a difficult thing to go through. Whether they're good or you know whether it's about racism or something else and i understand like how could you support someone who do uh, who does heinous things but think about cognitive dissonance if i know and believe that my mom is a good and loving person and let's just say racism is her only flaw as a caucasian person who is not if i'm not caucasian y'all but i'm saying if i was a caucasian person who isn't affected by racism then that wouldn't be the biggest deal to me I can ignore that bit of information right so I can find other ways well that's just how she believed because this is how she grew up looking for other information like we talked about to make me more comfortable because that's easier than not talking to my mom anymore even though I know in my mind that this is wrong and it causes me anxiety so When you think about all of that, storming the capital to stop the steal was the only viable option for those people. Because if they acknowledge the truth, they will have to acknowledge their own benevolence. They will have to acknowledge their part in the hatred and the division of this country. They will also have to acknowledge that maybe they're not good people and ended up becoming the exact opposite of everything they believe in. They will have to acknowledge that they are traitors. And that can be a hard pill to swallow on a small scale, but there's nothing small about this. In all things you do, there has to come to a time where you take accountability regardless of reason. So I hope going to jail and not being able to fly starts to pop that bubble, but us bucking back won't necessarily fix it either, right? So you're probably saying, well, if I can't tell them bitches they're wrong, then how can I handle this or reduce a cognitive dissonance. So before we have a conversation about how we can reduce and stop cognitive dissonance, we first need to talk about what that looks like in everyday life and what are some red flags, so to speak, that if we notice some, we might want to pay extra attention to them. So... Some signs that you might be experiencing or someone that you know might be experiencing cognitive dissonance are general discomfort that has no obvious or clear source. Um, It can be confusion, feeling conflicted over a dispute. Um, People might start saying that you're a hypocrite. That could be a really good sign that you're experiencing some cognitive dissonance or being aware of conflicting views, but not knowing what to do about them. Have the perfect example for this last one. So when I was managing at my previous job, there was this girl, let's call her Ashley. No, I know it, Ashley. She's gonna be thinking this about her. There was, hey Ashley girl, if you still listening, um, there was this girl named Rebecca, because there was nobody there was named Rebecca, so we this was around the time that we were watching like the this is before we had the election in November. And we were just talking about the difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And she expressed to me that she was a Trump supporter. Now, normally I am not surprised, y'all, but this one this one clearly caught me off guard. And normally I would be like, You dumb, why the fuck would you support Donald Trump? This bitch racist. I decided to take another route so I asked her like what why and she told me all of these things and some of them was true and some of them wasn't but she also said something that I think is very valuable to this conversation she said that when she started going to college it was a really uncomfortable situation and basically a mind fuck Because a lot of the things that she knew and that she started to believe growing up based off of her family, her location and just her own general beliefs was starting to become challenged as she went to college and started learning all of this new information because she felt like, well, this is what my family told me. And her denouncing those family beliefs and stepping into what she knew in her heart was right caused her some conflict because not only would that change the view of herself, but it will also change how she looked at other people. You understand what I'm saying? So like. When it comes to cognitive dissonance, it can come up in anything. We all have views that we think are right for whatever reason. And when something comes up to prove us wrong, it's not the easiest thing just to say that we're wrong. And hers would be a sign being aware of conflicting views, but not knowing what to do about them. So you might be thinking, well, what the hell can I do? I think a lot of times with cognitive dissonance, it can be hard for us to challenge or rework our values because a lot of times they call our personal character and being into question. And I just want to make sure everyone knows that you can make mistakes and do something bad and still be a good person. We have to stop throwing ourselves away for our behavior. Definitely show accountability and face your consequences, but know that personal forgiveness is important. And forgiving other people is also important as well. Two, you can change your actions. If you notice something that's causing you tension, especially when you don't think that it aligns with your values, maybe you should stop doing it. You can also change your perception on the topic, but it's important to see how the change in perception is going to be beneficial. So let's say that you grew up in a small town and you believe that all lives matter, right? But going to college opened up your horizons and you start to think that, hey, maybe, you know, black lives do matter. So continuing on that all lives matter thing is going to start causing you tension because your values are going to be changing. So maybe you might want to talk to people to change your perception in a healthy way. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you're cheating, you don't need to change your perception on that. You know it's bad, so change your behavior instead. You know what I'm saying? Also, another thing that you can do is to ask questions. Not only do you want to ask questions in support of what you think and what you're doing, but you also want to ask questions on the other side of that and then try to make the most sense out of your information. Next, we want to do regular values evaluations. A lot of times we are, well, actually all the time we're transitioning and changing as people. So the same values and attitudes that you had at 18 might not serve you at 24. Or whenever you're just entering into a new era in your life, you always want to sit down and think about who am I, what do I value, and how do I want to present myself in the world? Because that's very important to this whole mental game. And lastly, I would like to say that relationship is king. When it comes to you talking to somebody that might be experiencing some type of um, cognitive dissonance. The relationship that you have with this person will allow y'all to have more difficult topics and come to a resolution. Baten Zhang said you definitely need to know the other person as a person to stay engaged when things get controversial. Not knowing somebody it's easily like, I don't know what the fuck they talking about, but I'm about to go over here. You know what I'm saying? But when you know them, you have a more personal stake in making sure that they know like, girl, I love you, but this shit don't make no goddamn sense. There's a difference. And usually coming from that loving relationship, it'll be easier for them to internalize the information. And even if they don't change their mind immediately, it can make them think like, damn, maybe I am tripping. Also. Talk to a therapist, a good one, because somebody, anyway, find a good therapist. Last, like I always say, I know I said last thing, but last, like I always say, give yourself grace, period. Change doesn't happen overnight. And so sometimes you got to take it day by day. Instead of ignoring this uncomfortable feeling, I want us to encourage I want us to encourage it. Question our beliefs can be good. It can help us grow, strengthen, or rework our values to better serve us and can also help us identify when we need to be accountable. I tell y'all this time and time again. No one thing can be considered good or bad. It's best to think about how well those things serve you. So remember, even at your worst, you still deserve love. And I will see y'all next week. Bye.